this month. This is a yeah. cycling podcast. Because now this is this is is it though? Is, is it today? This is a triathlon takeover. Shut up and sit down. when you tell people you do triathlons, usually the first question is, have you done the race in Hawaii? So um, I'm always proud to say, yeah, I have. Hey, so I heard about your race. It was shit. Try harder next time. I hate early mornings. I don't want to swim. All right, Instagram, let's do this. Selfie, 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 selfie. Hashtag triathlon, hashtag tri training, hashtag tri life, hashtag swimming, hashtag swimmer, hashtag rise and grind. $900 for a race. Seems totally reasonable. In triathlon, first you swim, then you bike, and then you run, out of money. Haha, ha. I crack myself up sometimes. You are listening to the Dialed Podcast with Matt Lee Grand, Evan Price, Lance Hepler, and Jake Von Turing. Enjoy. To accomplish something extraordinary, one must have an extraordinary dream. No! God, please, no! No! A goal so high, a journey so demanding, that its achievement to most seems impossible. Oh, yeah, God, no! Hi, and welcome back to the Dial Podcast. I'm Jake Von Dring. I'm here with Lance Hepler. Lance friggin' Hepler, right back here in studio after missing last week due to personal trauma. <laughs> Friggin' Hepler. Friggin hep- you know, it's funny. I thought you just changed careers. You you became a contractor <laughs> I am for no 10 contractor. days. That's what I thought. <laughs> I show up at the races now, and people call me Lance Romance or Lance Friggin' Hepler. Sweet. Or, or they offer me salsa. <laughs> <laughs> I get offered salsa. I get offered That's salsa hand-ups on, on the race course. Anyway. Nice. To his left, Evan Price. We got Jake with what's in his cup. Coffee, right? Coffee. Coffee. Yeah. We got Lance on a Gatorade diet. What are you doing right now? Is that zero calories or zero sugar? Zero calories. Why? That's what? so what? ridiculous. What's going on there? Yeah. I am not taking nutritional advice from you. <laughs> There's no chance me, I'm doing quiet, that. Quiet, quiet down over there, Lance, okay. as I drink my Arizona tea. Which is, uh, it's mango, so I'm getting my fruit dose today. <laughs> it says there may be real fruit here. That's how they actually phrase it. There fruit could juice. be. We could have mistakenly put actual fruit here, is what they're saying. <laughs> and then Josh has got what is in that? What do you think's in here? Water. Yes. Oh, I was going to guess it's going to be some complex hydrate. Josh is starting his Chris McCormack early hydration system process right now where he's going to be drinking enough fluids to probably drown a normal man here in the next 10 days. If not, he's going to drown something when he's hitting the head every five minutes. This is true, yeah. (laughs) Special guest in here with us today, Mr. Josh Monda. That's me. What's up, buddy? Uh, Tired. You need a couple taper weeks, don't you? Yeah, and okay. this is day one. All right. So I'm like, yeah, I'm struggling. I don't know how Evan isn't tired for some reason. I don't know how he's not tired. I hate taper, so I'm just antsy the whole time. Josh's body is the opposite. He's perfect when he's training well. I'm cranky then, and then he just gets to taper and his body shuts down. Yeah. So. Josh is like a decade older than you. This Evan. is I think that's part of the reason. Actually. So, yeah. That's another reason. <laughs> 
And coming to us over the robust Verizon Wireless yes. Networks, Mr. Matt LeGrand. What's up, ladies and gentlemen, you guys? You're catching COVID through the airwaves here. <laughs> Covetastic. Matt has finally gotten COVID. Is that what's happened? I found him. Finally yeah. found Are him. you finally going to make that video we referenced way, way, way back when about you getting it and telling about your life experience? Oh, of- <laughs> remember, Evan was like, go out and try to get COVID. Oh, my Seriously. God. You were like, that's really good. Like, go try to get COVID and make I a video said about that, it. I love said it. that on air. Like, I'm surprised yeah. that that didn't make some news. I got some like, idiot in Vancouver, Washington. Nobody listens to tells this, another man. <laughs> try to, to get COVID for YouTube. Seriously, Matt, how are you feeling? Uh, I feel reasonable. I feel for having COVID, I feel like it's a light flu type situation, like a little bit achy, a little bit woozy, you know, and that's it. And I haven't been, you know, I haven't had too much of a fever. I haven't had, you know, any major problems. So, But will there be a video still coming out this week from the one and only Matt LeGrand? Yes. In fact, I've had more time to work on videos, if anything, I've got uh, I've got a um, Garmin HRM Pro Plus video. It will go live tomorrow morning. Sweet. It is already done, and I actually um, sent it off to YouTube for this like beta program. I don't know if I'm supposed to talk about it, but it doesn't matter. Uh, and it's like auto dubbing, so you can listen to me in Spanish or Portuguese. I think. Hey, way. <laughs> Seriously, yep. that's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Right on. Is it? We'll see. You guys will probably prefer to hear me in Spanish or Portuguese because I'm not that good to listen to. <laughs> I don't think so. I think I, I think your voice is what makes you special, Matt. Now, your your face, on the other hand, <laughs> is is a solid six out of ten. But I, <laughs> I still miss those that's deep a, blue eyes, man. High numbers. Your eyes are great. You, he, he actually does have eyes for YouTube. Sexy. He does. He has great eyes. I've got, I've got eyes for <laughs> eyes for radio. <laughs> All right, we've got I a lot of people great, here. I look great. I'm one of the best-looking podcasters, you know. <laughs> That's a low bar. <laughs> got a lot of people here today. Let's get cracking on those back pedals and uh, try not go too long, boys. Oh, I can make mine really, really short and sweet. Oh, no, okay. Well, how about this? Since you raced this weekend, let's have you do it. Oh, God. Okay, here we go. Um, I raced in the wonderful state of Georgia, in Augusta, Georgia. Um, it's warm there. But it wasn't as warm as it could have been. Humid? Was it humid? So the days leading up, it was not. And then the day of, it was, unfortunately. But it wasn't, like, wildly humid. It was, like, 60%, I think, which to me is still wildly humid. But everybody who trains in really hot locations was, they're like, oh, man, this isn't bad weather today. I'm like, okay, you you tell yourself that. We, <laughs> we got to get Matt LeGrand back on the phone here, guys. Sorry about that. I was over here pushing buttons. Hit the wrong button. button. <laughs> <laughs> Just hang up on Matt and make <laughs> Somebody called and he hit the wrong, he hit the, yeah. he hit the wrong button. Oh, Matt, you there, buddy? Accept. Yeah. Yep, yep. Right, sorry, here. somebody's trying to call me and I was trying to send a voicemail and i think i sent you to voicemail and answer the phone call for them and <laughs> Matt, you, you know, just missed goes. the coolest part of the whole podcast we'll recap later don't worry i hope i hope but, someone interesting was on the other line because uh <laughs> otherwise otherwise we're stuck with me so. <laughs> but we'll just wait till till he goes to kona till josh goes oh, to kona is, the, i just want to do a podcast on on backpedal there the That's, humidity there it's like oh it's always like 80 percent or 75 percent 80 to 90 it yeah, was much just, hotter when yeah. i was in kona that's anyway. the uh, yeah we we were lucky it was not insanely hot unless you had to finish at midday and then it did get to like close to 90 and i think it was 70 percent humidity so like matt's poor brother was finishing in hot weather it was very hot morning wasn't terrible 
Um, so long, I'll just tell the, the race story itself. So like basically we, um, get there. It's going to be a pretty big, like mid pack type race, but we actually did have some heavy hitters come out. Uh, Trevor Foley, Jason West and Justin Metzler kind of made up the front of the, the race, which was fast. And, uh, it was going to be a non wetsuit, luckily downstream river swim, but still a non wetsuit swim. So I was really happy that my swim training has been going well lately because if you're not a strong swimmer, non-wetsuit is a death sentence to your chance of making the pack. So it was a dock holding on start. So we had to hold on to the dock to start. And it was like (laughs) 36 or 38 guys. And so it it was a long line and it was going to be a violent non-wetsuit start. So in my head, I'm like, okay, just get really physical. And the guy next to me, so I'm all the way on the right one in. So I'm like, okay, at least I'm not in the mix completely, but also you got to get out fast if you're on the wings or you're going to get dropped. Like you're going to get dropped hard. So I, the guy next to me puts his foot up on the dock in some like acrobatic position. So I'm like, screw it. I'm going to try that because I know that my waiting start is nowhere near what these other guys are. Cause he has, like these other collegiate swimmers, when they get going, it is like a turbine. Like it's the most violent thing you'll be next to ever. So I was like, I need any advantage I can get. So me and the four guys next to us, we all put one foot up on the dock and three, two, one, we all launch ourselves off and I get a couple hard strokes and look up and all of a sudden I'm a body length ahead of like everybody in the line. So you were winning for like a split <laughs> second. You winning. Which is terrifying for me. Say, mom, I, mom, look at me, I'm winning. Because Josh knows the swim speed of some of these dudes and it is like when they come by, you, they don't just, it's not like they're gliding by you. So I unfortunately was next to a very strong German swimmer, Sven Wies, I think is his name. Super nice guy. Like talked to him after race, great guy. But he came up next to me so fast and threw his right elbow into my face about as hard as I've been hit since Matt Russell was beating my head in. And he smashes my goggle, which really woke me up and actually kind of got me like a little bit excited. I was like, oh man, I'm like in it right now. Like this is, I was like, I need to get going. And I can't see anything. Like he hit my goggle hard enough. I'm pretty sure like my, my vision went like very blurry for a little bit. Wait up. I thought and he was a nice guy. Sven, a, Sven's a real sweet guy, but this is like... But he punched this, you. He punch, but he, he threw an elbow. He threw his elbow so hard into my face that he might have given me a small concussion there. But we get going, and I just am disoriented, but then all of a sudden I'm finding myself like in this pack. So I'm like, sweet, okay, just settle in now. Settled in, hang, hung on great till like the mile mark probably, and then the last 400, my, my, the, the way the sun was coming off and the fact that I couldn't see, I lost the guy's feet in front of me and went too far to the left. And then they got like 20, 30 seconds on me going in the swim. So even though by time, it didn't look great. It was actually a great swim for me because I stayed in contact with like eight to 10 guys. But then I lost 20, 30 seconds past that point. So it was like concentration uh, and bad eyesight. I need to get, I need to get LASIK and I need to stop getting hit in the head. I think are my two keys oh, there, no. but run up through transition, have a good transition, get on the bike and the legs feel amazing on the bike. So I'm just like, okay, time to just push all day. Like we're not. I even said before the race, I wasn't going to play tactics. I was going to ride the bike hard, the whole bike. I wasn't going to try and like sit in packs or do anything like that. So just moved my way through the field. And I think I moved from like 30th all the way up to like 15th or 16th, I think coming off the bike. Yep. It was, I was feeling amazing because it's great when I lost track of how many guys I'm passing. Usually I'm very aware of exactly how many guys I pass because wow. I'm usually still towards the back of the field, but moved my way up. Um, I kept on looking back and checking the last like 15 miles. Cause I had like a pack of eight guys with me and I did start to think in my head, Oh man, I've had a lot of guys on me for a while and 
I'm the only guy doing work here. And one other guy named Rodrigo, who was awesome, who ran through the field and ran into the top 10. Um, but me and him kept on, we, we kept on communicating. We wanted to attack and drop the group. So we finally did, but it was only with like eight, eight miles left, maybe six to eight miles left. And uh, TC Reed, Taylor Reed actually bridged up to us, um, which was great to know that he was there because Reed is no joke. That guy, I mean, he just won Barrelman last weekend. He's a real strong guy. Uh, for whatever, he was tired from his race last weekend, too. He had no run legs. But he got up to me. We let Rodrigo go a little bit, come out of transition. I come out of transition with Rodrigo because I had a fast transition. And as soon as I started the run, knew the legs were not good. Like, it, it was amazing how good I felt getting on the bike. I felt equally as bad getting on the <laughs> run. Yeah. And it was right from the start. So I thought like, okay, run conservative, ran conservative, and still legs did not come back. And just by the time I hit the six or seven mile mark, the uh, uh, the cramps were starting to set in. The hamstrings were tightening up. The head was starting to go real lightheaded. Oh. So it was just a, a project to hold on. And I think I free fall through. I think the last 5K, I fell like seven places, I think. Oh, wow. This is what I mean. In, in a heavy mid pack field, when you are running a 640 mile, you are getting eaten up yep, by that, guys, like just getting happen. devoured yep. by guys. So, yeah, that was uh, basically the race. By position, it was nothing special. I think I was like 22nd or something like that. But, I mean, it was, I felt like I was in the race finally, which was good. I just need to put it together and I need to keep on trying to run better when I'm tired. Was this your first race biking under 210? Yes, but Galveston, I did it in Galveston one year where there were awesome wind conditions. Okay. I mean, That's this pancake flat. Yeah, this was this was the best bike I've had in, in the pro field. And just knowing that I, I like to be known as a guy, I, I want to build a reputation as a guy that will do work in a group, and that's becoming known now, which I like. That's that's the primary thing I like, you know. That, now, that means I need to run good off of there, but I do think I can still bike that hard and run well. It was just the run legs were not there that day. They were there yeah. two weeks ago in Santa Cruz. It felt easy. Here, it just did not. So 14 days can make a big difference. Now, you ha I don't know if this is accurate, but you had one split – for about 2.4 miles where you were averaging 540 pace. Yeah, that, that, that was when I was chasing Rodrigo. Okay. So I was I was trying to get, I think I was in the 540 somewhere there, but um, I was trying to bridge up to Rodrigo and then he just paced it perfectly. He ran like 550s to start and then just dropped down in the 530s. Okay. I think he actually ran some 520s there towards the end. So he was running well. There was a big pack of guys behind me that ran really well too. And they all ran me down at the end. So it was... I know with, I think, like, four miles left in my head, I was like, I think I can still hold 16th place. And then, like, I think Riley Carpenter came by me, then Ricky Fling came by me, and then just, like, five other guys came by me. And I was like, well, there goes even the top 20 now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was, I think by the time I hit mile 12, there were still three guys that came by me past mile 12 even. But, and most of those yeah. guys were all guys that were sitting yeah, they were in the group. <laughs> yeah, they were for most of the bike. <laughs> yeah, and then I we we dropped a good portion of them, but you know, I mean, that's the that's the fun thing. Of, and we were talking with all these guys after. That's the fun thing about these mid pack races is everybody's got a match. Everybody's fast in the mid pack, so it's like if it's your day, you can move up. And if you're not having a good day, you're not hanging on. Like we're we're all finishing within two minutes of each other. If you're having a bad last five k, you're not just losing like one place. You are going to catapult through the back of the field. Yeah, and it yeah. was it was not the day for a good finish, but uh. We'll get there. We will get there. Still got another shot this season. I'm going to Palm Springs in December, so. 
Yeah. You got some time before that one too. So you can, Oh, I got a lot of training. Proper, on that. You can, you can like cycle down and then ramp back up. Yeah. Me. I think I'll take it easy this week and then it'll be a big yeah. eight week block. Yeah. Yep. Very good. Yep. There's my back pedal. Epler, you raced. I did. I raced my bike a couple of times. I did not race well, but I, but I showed up and did it. Um, I did go to Portland Trophy Cup, which is our Tuesday night series here in Portland. It is a party if you've been down there. It is a fun nighttime event. A little somber this week because we lost our announcer, Luciano Bailey, who has been the voice of Obra for the last... I want to say almost 10 years. I think he's been announcing almost every Obra wow. race, uh, mostly cyclocross, but he's been doing a little of everything. And um, he died last Tuesday. He'd been battling some cancer, and so we lost him. So it was kind of cool that everybody everybody who had like a Luciano Bailey uh, jersey or T-shirt showed up in it and raced in it. There was a, there was a race series like three years ago that was named after him. But, oh, that's awesome. And so, so you like the leader's jerseys had Luciano on it, which yeah. is great. So everybody who had one of those jerseys from three years ago, like raced in their jersey, which was, which was very cool. Did Robert Cummins have one of those jerseys? He, uh, had, he did. He did. Yeah. yeah and he yep. wore it at the race. And he wore it at yep. the race. That's awesome. And then, awesome. um, and they had like a, they had like an honorary lap for him where everybody, like in between a couple of the races, there, there was... 400 people on the race course all just slowly moving around the race course in honor of Luciano. I think one of his brothers was there as well. Yeah. It, it was it was it was a cool night for that and it was nice. It was sad to see that we the, the lost voice him. of Portland cycling from everybody. I mean, I've only yeah. lived here six years, but I mean, even you when I him. first moved here, I heard his name all the time, which was awesome. Yes. That was yeah. How did he get started? Did he used to ride did he used to race? I believe prior to that? so. He okay. raced for a long time. He's a big he, cyclocross guy, wasn't he? Um, I think that's where he. I, I don't exactly know his whole backstory. That'd be fun to actually like call somebody and kind of hear the backstory. I feel like he's definitely a Portland cycling legend. He yeah. came from New York or something East like East Coast. Yeah, yeah, East Coast. And the whole family moved out here yeah. to this area, I believe, something like that. I'm getting these details wrong because I don't know them. Mm -hmm. But uh, he got asked to start. Um, doing the races and he just turned into this fantastic uh you know personality race he had like an uncanny knack of just remembering everything about everybody yeah like, oh, like, awesome. i remember somebody mentioned that he knew names like like it, it was like nobody's nobody business knew. and like yeah. he would tell stories about just like random all these all these random people it's like he just knew how to like connect with the crowd and he yeah. knew how to tell stories he knew how to connect with people and they just he was beloved i mean i don't know anybody that ever had a bad thing to say about nope. the guy he was fantastic yeah. so I, I remember coming through on a on a cyclocross lap once, and he's like, oh, there's Lance Hepler. He just took third place at the Belgian Waffle Ride last week. And I'm like, how'd you know? Yeah, I didn't <laughs> tell anybody that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> maybe a little podcast, maybe, but yeah. <laughs> but this is good. Good commentators have, I mean, they, they do their research. They do their homework. That's, yeah. you know, I mean, the best baseball answers were that But same there's one, 500 yeah. people out there racing. He did a lot of homework. That is my guess. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he was really good she with all the kids, stuff. too. So yeah. that was, that, that got the kids excited because they heard their names. And he started telling stories. And he would take time to come up and meet them and, like, introduce himself. And he was just a good dude. Yeah. Sad. Yeah. So it was sad. Uh, I still raced my bike. I raced it like crap. I think I was 14th out of like 50 or something like that, which was, I still had a good time. 
Uh, Saturday, there was also a race up at Washougal Motocross Track. Yes, sir. Uh, again, everybody's wearing their Luciano jerseys. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Clara Hansinger showed up wearing a Luciano t-shirt and raced in it. Nice. So that was kind of exciting. This this course was is, is probably my favorite of the year so far because it, there was no long power sections. It was a lot of technical stuff on the motocross track. And, man... Nice. It was a blast. I had a blast there. I went to go race in the morning, ended up staying all day again, watching every race because it was just fun to be there. A lot of teammates, a lot of people there. Uh, we, Zone 5 put on a great race there, and that was that was just a lot of fun. We, Good job, Zone 5. Yeah. I raced the 50-plus again. I think I was 10th or 11th or something like that. But, mm-hmm. like, a couple – Mike Hamness raced out of his head. He raced really well. I think yeah. he took fifth in the 50-plus field. I think that's one of his, his best results. Yeah. Thamnus is a great bike handler, though, right? Well, he motocross background. There you go. There you so go. So he has all this. And his blood. Yeah. He's made for that course. <laughs> he was made for that course, so. I got a cool picture of him coming over one of the backsides of one of those doubles, and he had both wheels, like, clearly off, off the, the ground. Air. It was, like, floating downhill. It was an awesome <laughs> picture, and I sent that to him after the race, and he's like, yeah, that wasn't intentional. I think that caught a few of us off guard, and he's like, it was... Catching air. Yeah, catching yeah. air. So he, he's so like, that didn't happen again, bit. but yeah, <laughs> he knows exactly how that goes down, so... We actually had a teammate that turfed it on that and actually injured himself. Oh, no. So they changed the course later in the day and took out that. Well, there was uh, one of the women in the race after him, a race or two after him, went down there as well, and I think at that point in time, they're like, yeah, we don't want to deal with this, which is unfortunate because... Yeah. It's the earlier races that are generally the more novice racers that yeah. are going to have these kinds of issues. And then they take out those course pieces yeah. for the more experienced racers who are going to handle it just fine that are going to be, you know. Yeah, I should have been flipped. Exactly. <laughs> so it is what it is. Yeah. But it was a good time. I raced a couple of times. Uh, I chalked this year up to learning experiences and we'll just go. kind of move on. Building I, you. I still spent a ton of time doing demolition. I actually have a callus on my palm of my hand for the first time that I can remember, which is kind of funny. These, these hands were made for dental practice. No, these, these are the hands of a surgeon. Yes. I don't move people with these hands. I swung a hammer for like 40 hours. That was our joke in physical therapy. You're like, oh. these hands are meant to massage people and not to, not to grip hard things. So pretty crazy. But I did get to ride bikes with Josh on Wednesday. We did the lunch ride together. It was an easy ride for him nice. and like a zone four ride for me, which was perfect. <laughs> And I got to ride with Jake, too. So we spent a couple hours uh, on Sunday out there trying to get better. But that was the most of my week. Cool. Josh. Um, yeah, mine's going to sound boring, I think, to most people, except for I'm, I'm very excited by it. Yeah. But, yes, that's <laughs> I, I finished my Kona build. Um, okay. What, so last How many week, hours did it all add up to? 27 hours last week. Oh, my God. And yeah. 26 hours the week before. Oh. So. Yeah, it's two big races coming right off of my race. Oh my gosh! Uh, best yeah, in the West. So I don't have a job, and I only did ten hours last week. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know how you did that. That's insane. Is that a compliment? Early it was a compliment. Okay. A lot of, <laughs> lot, of <laughs> lot of very early mornings. That's yeah. Cool. Um, and about you know, sixteen hours of that was on the bike. Okay. Um, and I didn't have most of my bikes last week, so about. Twelve of that was on Zwift. Oh, yeah, yuck. Yeah. At least, at least you're not Justin Real. You saw what happened to him, right? 
Yeah, his bike you see, broke yeah. in transit to Kona. This is this is the big drama with Kona is whose bike's going to get broken on the way to the race. <laughs> that same thing happened to Pace McKelvin going to really? the mountain bike race that was in Wisconsin. Yeah. He showed up and his bike was broken in two pieces and he had to like scramble to get a bike together. Oh my gosh. That sucks. That's why you always check it in the airport. In the airport. Yeah, check your bike. Yeah. Crazy. So I wonder why you're tired. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right, Matt Legrand, what you been up to, dude? Oh, for me, you know, just uh, hunkering down with COVID, not doing uh, much of thing um, as far as exercise goes. So that's easy. Backpedal. Done, though. <laughs> I rode one time last week, and it was the first time oh. that I'd been on a bike in 10 days. I'm trying to figure out what the hell's going on with this whole quad hip flexor IT band swollen hip thing that's been bugging me now for gosh I think it's like five or six weeks but yeah did uh, a ride with lamps yesterday told my wife before I left I'm like I don't know if I'm gonna be good for five minutes or five hours but I'll probably be home between an hour an hour and 30 minutes and like two hours and 40 minutes later I got home and it was hot garbage to start the ride, and then it slowly just kind of calmed down, and I um, was able to get a you know, decent little ride, and it was about 45 or 46 miles. Um, and then all the rest of the night, it was swollen and limping around, and that's how I oh. feel this morning. So, yeah, good times, but that's about it for me. Oh, I just I went out and watched you guys race, and that was a lot of fun. You did and come out. That was fun. Took a bunch of pictures and helped uh, coordinate ambulance rides for people and yep. <laughs> stuff like that. So, cool. All right. Um, Champ here. Champ, Champ, you in the house? Champ is here, and I'm going to start off by saying Mr. Speedo missed a uh, important race the week, the week before. We I did, did miss it talking about one of the Lifetime Grand Prix fitness races, uh-huh. the fifth race in the yeah. series. You can't expect me to catch that one. No. No. <laughs> but um, it's, it's called, it's Check a mega. I, I don't know how to say it. It's a mountain bike race in Wisconsin. You're killing it right now. <laughs> <laughs> and it's usually only a two-hour race. This is the shortest race in the series. Yeah. But it was won by a local boy, mm-hmm. Braden Lang. Oh, really? Yes. Braden Lang you won the race. You just raced with him out at Rebecca's. I did. Yeah. And I had a long, good conversation with Braden out at... Uh, Who was on the podium with him? Uh, it was Riley Amos and Alexi Vermeulen, and I believe that uh, Keegan was fourth. Keegan Swenson was fourth. Oh God, Pace McKelson was fifth. Keegan Swenson. I, I think that Keegan's got to be tired at some point. Here, uh, but, well, yeah. he crashed there with like, yep, okay. like 200 <laughs> meters to go. Um, what happened was everybody was set for a dry race, and as they were rolling to the start area, it dumped rain for like oh. 30 minutes oh, wow. so this so everybody had their dry tires on yep. and then all it was a mud fest so it got really crazy muddy so the kid with the smallest least developed frontal lobe won. Right? well guess what so Braden lang is 23 he he actually lived here in camas washugal area young enough till yeah. he was 11 but he, but he and then he moved to austin texas but he has all this um uh motocross background Wow. So he knows how to handle his bike. Yeah. So has all this motocross background. Great kid. Um, he just found himself like near the front, um, right near the end. He he had he picked a better line than than two of the other um, UCI riders. <laughs> yeah. And got right on Keegan's wheel. And as they came around a corner, Keegan, who was on almost file treads, washed out, went down, and Braden like. Drilled it to win. And it win. wasn't his bike that he was on too, right? Because you said his bike that broke. That was Pace and McKelvin. Oh, Pace and McKelvin. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. 
And Payson was fifth. He he actually was right in it okay. there as well. But yeah, it got a little bit crazy. Alex Housen beating Peter Stetna almost outside the top ten. And Stetna was on a gravel bike, not on a mountain bike. And this was definitely a mountain bike course. Oh, but geez. he was like, mm, I'm gonna I'm gonna go for it. What, was that race streamed wow. or televised? It wasn't. Okay. I don't think so. I would have liked to watch it. Lifetime started to stream the races at the beginning, and the coverage sucked. It was not good, so they just failed yeah, on it. Yeah. yeah they so it's a Lifetime series, huh? Yeah, the Lifetime Grand Prix Series, series of six races, uh, $250,000 purse for the men and for the women spread amongst the top 10 or 50. I don't know what it is to get the money. This is the same Lifetime that used to put on a triathlon yeah. series? Yeah. Okay. Lifetime Fitness, yeah. Wow. Yeah, Lifetime yeah. Fitness, yeah. Big so gyms. there's only one race left, and it's Big Sugar Gravel in Bentonville, uh, Arkansas. It's next month in October. So uh, it's the your best five out of six races to uh, to get in the money. Keegan Swenson is leading it because he won like he's won four out of the five races. So, so he's got it pretty wrapped up, I'd imagine, right? Well, not entirely, but yeah, he's he's so his best fit. Yeah, so he, I mean, but even a fourth place would be not bad. Like, four wins in a fourth place is probably going to. Yeah, gonna, yeah. yeah. Ke- Keegan's, he's, he's yeah. going to win it. So, pretty crazy. So, I just wanted to mention that race and that our local boy, Braden, won it, which was which was really cool. Cool. Um, what else happened? Uh, locally, we had the Washougal Motocross, or... Um, Cross race, which was a blast. It was won by Felipe Nystrom. He kind of ran away with it this week. Um, I believe he's trying to ramp up for, I think, the Pan Am Cyclocross Championships this year are in Costa Rica. Oh, wow. That'd be big for him. Felipe is from Costa Rica, and so I'm hoping that he's going to Pan Ams, but it just depends on what races. There was also racing in Rochester, New York, uh, which turned, uh, there was a race on Saturday and a race on Sunday. The Saturday race was really dry. It was won by Vincent Bastines, I believe. Uh, yeah, the Belgian. Curtis White was second. Eric Bruner, the uh, uh, current U.S. championship, was third. And I believe that's exactly how it was on Sunday as well. But it poured rain, and it was a mud fest. It was a very different race on the next day, so kind of crazy. And then we had... The World Championships, yes, yes, in um, in Wollongong, uh, yeah. Australia. Australia. Did I say that right? It's I just think you were close. Yeah, just yeah. south. Wollong. You got to use the accent when you Wollong. say it. I can't do it. <laughs> you just leave out letters. Wollong. Just choose letters. And leave okay. Out. <laughs> so just south of Sydney, Australia, and um, it was a long race, 160 miles ish, and almost so fourteen thousand feet of climbing. It was a circuit that they did like fourteen times or fifteen times or something. It's almost like that. always circuits. Remember the the world championships always are like a big circuit race. And world championships are different. You're you're not on your trade team. You're on your country yeah. team. So no radios and either. no radios. They need to take that rule also away. Also this week. So that that. That always plays into it just a oh, little yeah. bit. Oh, yeah. Wout was complaining about that after the race, which I understand. I mean, that's like, if they're used to using radios all year. Yes. Like, the one thing at the UCI was just like, hey, no more radios. I, I'd even before that, I'm like, oh, cool. Okay, so they get to work right. with that. But now they just, the biggest race year, they're like, oh, by the way, all that stuff you've been, like, no relying on, no radios. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, like, Wout wasn't in the break, um, but 
but when it came down to his sprint at the end, he wasn't even sure what he was sprinting for, whether yeah. they were... He was like, I wasn't sure if I was sprinting for like third, third fifth, or, or tenth. tenth. <laughs> yeah, he just didn't even know. Especially so. that many circuits around that, too. You kind of, I'm sure, like lose track of, okay, what breakaway went away? Yeah. How many guys were in that? I don't even know. <laughs> so there was a break of about 25 guys that got away and only got about two minutes up the road. But without radios, it's kind of hard to know how far they are away unless yeah. the... They got the um, whiteboards. Unless the motos are giving them... Right, yeah. every once in a while. Um, uh, Remco Evanpool was in that break. He had made it in that 25-person break. And with about 25 Ks to go, he dropped the group and rode away with it and ended up winning solo on just yeah. a phenomenal ride. So, He's fit right now. He's so quite fit. Good for him. Remco is our world champion for this next year for UCI. And <laughs> he's now won a Grand Tour and the World Championships. Who and was the last g- current Grand Tour winner that was also the World Champion at this mm. time? I don't know the answer is, but I was a kid. I, 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 so not, not, not kid. I have I've another friend who had asked me that, actually. And I was like, I don't know the answer to that. All of Philippe's never speaking won a Grand Tour. Evan, nope, speaking nope. of kit, he wants, yeah. us to do a, he wants us to do an episode on, like, race radio stuff for the podcast. Oh, that would be fun. His his add-on question is like, what about in triathlon? Should they incorporate radios into triathlon? (laughs) Which I think would be hilarious. You know, it's actually funny. We were talking about that. uh, So some of the pros were talking about how in non-draft, we need to, um, uh, come up with teams. Like, like we need to do like a signing. So where it's like, you have different teams like super leagues doing right now. I think that they should oh, use radios cool. if we did that. The only problem with radios is we could like throw them on as we're running out of T1. Yeah, like, stick like you can't it, swim stick on your it. handlebars. <laughs> like, yeah, stick yeah. it on your handlebars. You got to throw oh, it in. Oh, that's true. Yeah. yeah, there you go. That'd be a wreck. We'd, we'd screw that up. Anyway, super uh, impressed with Remco. He's only 22 years old. He also won mm-hmm. the Junior World Championships four years ago when he was only 18. So yeah. um, he's he's probably got a future in this sport. He's yeah, won some yeah. monuments this year and a Grand Tour and the World Championships. He'll screw it up. So we'll see. He'll get suspended for yeah. something here coming <laughs> we'll, up. We'll see how it goes. Is guy still sitting in the camp of he's not going to race the Tour next year? I think he's going to try. I think he's going to fail, and he's going to cry like a little baby about it, and then he's going to quit the sport. It depends on what Quickstep <laughs> wants to do. Anything I don't Evan think just said is not I, real. From what I've heard, has, they've said that they don't want him to race it yet. They want they want him to get another year under his belt doing but other stuff. There's too many other guys that are racing at that age. Yes. I think he has a very fragile ego, and I think that they know deep down that he's not quite Pogaccia yet in the tour. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't, don't think want he, him to be get beat. I don't think he's as fragile as you think he is. Kevin. I think he's massively fragile. <laughs> <laughs> he what did he get in the time trial? He was, he was like better than fourth? Pogaccia. He was he, okay. he was better than Pogaccia. Wow. He's in his peak fitness wow. right now. Pogaccia's peak fitness was like two months ago. Two months ago. Two yeah. months ago. Yeah. I think he was like fourth in the time. I would love to see them all go at it. Like a Bernal at his best, Vingago, Pogaccia, Remco Tour would sure. be a blast to watch. It would be cool to watch. It would be. All different teams. My money would be on Roglic. <laughs> <laughs> he can stay on his bike. <laughs> uh, 
The other big story from the World Championships was the Matthew Vanderpool drama. Oh. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> if some of you have heard of this, he had a big giant mess. Don't hit teenagers. <laughs> you can get in trouble for that. Uh, <laughs> if you hit, but maybe shoved, shoved. or pushed. I think yeah. it was, yeah. Regardless, whatever happened, he was uh, at his hotel. Some kids were banging on his door several times. He screamed at the kids. They didn't leave him alone. Apparently, there was a shove. An altercation occurred. The police were called. He was arrested, taken down to the station. This is the night before the World Championships. Yeah. The man's, like, trying to go to bed. Yes. Or, the fact that they arrested means they weren't paying attention to that situation. I mean, yeah. it was 9 o'clock at night that this happened? Like, it, when it all or finally 10, went down? Yeah. Yeah. Or, I'm not so, exactly what sure. What are you teaching those kids, too, when you're like, oh, yeah, sure, you can do this, and then we're going to arrest the person who finally, like, dealt with it. There's a couple girls <laughs> running up and down the hall, banging on everybody's doors, making a bunch of noise, making a big racket, thinking that they're funny. Yeah. And he took exception of it, asked a few times for them to stop, and then finally yeah. kind of got pissed off enough to go out there and, and get in their face, and I'm sure they probably made stood a poor, up. He made a poor decision. Yeah. And, yeah. And, yeah. I mean, there's the spirit yeah. of the law and the letter of the law here. You don't push a kid, but in that situation, yeah. that kid kind of had it coming. And yeah, seriously. <laughs> a little bit of a reckoning, but I don't know. Yeah. He got arrested. He was released like at 4 a.m. Just so, in time to make the start line. Oh, <laughs> uh, he, he gets hey, Matthew, home. how are you feeling today? He started the race. He only went about 25K and pulled out. Like, no, I can't do oh, this. So, he was physically and mentally done. Yeah, he is not. This has not been his year. Can we just like... The kids should not be publicly exposed, but those parents absolutely should be, and then they should just have to make a public apology as to <laughs> right. why their kids right. suck so much. Yeah, well, like, you just what I want to know is, like, did he or did he not call the concierge or the front desk or somebody and yeah. say, hey, listen, I have a really big day tomorrow. I'm trying to get to bed, and this is what's going on. This shouldn't happen, and this is at a nice hotel. He's staying at a hotel different than the hotel yeah. that the rest of the team is at. It's yeah. supposedly really nice, and it was so he could be with his Which I bet he won't significant do other. And, <laughs> Which yeah. I bet they stayed at the team but hotel from now on. The way that the hotel reacted to the whole thing was is like they're the ones who called the police. They're the ones that got everybody, yeah. and they're you know they're on the sides of these kids that are causing a racket. And, yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh, it's a crappy situation. Kids. On, on the women's side, uh, any Van Vluten, did you watch this race? It was a very I just, I just exciting race. The last oh two laps God. of that race were. Amazing. It was thrilling. I loved it. So (laughs) Annie Van Vluten, uh, she was like not even in the lead group. She kept getting dropped. kept getting dropped. She was not racing well. And then with like 1K to go, was it? I think it was with 1K to go, she was was finally catching up to the lead group of like eight or nine, was it? it? Maybe even just six. And and as she was catching them, she, she didn't slot in. She just blew past them. Dang. And this they, is also a big spoiler. Nobody, <laughs> nobody reacted. Nobody reacted. They're like, oh, she's been getting dropped on every climb. She's going to die. She didn't die. And she won the race. And was she she was, getting, did she drop herself on purpose, maybe, as a, as a really, really, I don't know. really advanced but tactic? <laughs> the finish of the women's road race was just thrilling yeah, no. you gotta watch the replay because they show it from like they're showing all the women from above like uh-huh. the helicopter or whatever and, yeah and it's just these six women like you know all like in the last k or the last 500 maybe right um and then just out of nowhere Shoo! she just comes darting off the side <laughs> and just just went past just blows them. right past everybody and that's not game over uh, i'm excited to watch these now was she the one that got fined by the uci for her socks being too tall Maybe. 
And like something to well, do with her like speed did. suit was a little off or something like that got double fined. I got to go back and look. I, I just did, I did see that. Yeah, there was like a sock length violation apparently. You the know why? Stupidest rule. In you the know why they have the sock length thing? Why? It's, it's for aerodynamics. It's actually. for aerodynamics yeah. because it technically is faster. Because the, you you can have your sock you can have the sock material be more aerodynamic than your skin. And so if you have socks that go to your knees, it was sky you're that, more aerodynamic. Sky let them wear it. Yeah. Sky, who sky who it the everybody. F cares? Yeah. I know. That's why yeah. they have the stupid rule. Yeah. So. Hey, you know what? They also suspended, well, was it, what, what was it, Voss, right? Who was, <laughs> forearms touched the. For like a split second. For, I mean, for we're like talking, a second and a half. We're talking one and a half seconds. She got disqualified. She probably lost arrow gains by leaving that position. Then there wasn't even yeah. an advantage that she got. But, <laughs> no. yeah, but that's what they do. Also, Elliot Kipchoge ran 201.09. Just shoving that one in there real quick in the Berlin Marathon. And champ is out. That is <laughs> the new. Yeah, he, he, broke, he broke his, his own, own world, world, world record, record, which anybody is anybody who just wants stats out. That's four thirty-eight per mile. Just go ahead and go out to your local track real quick if you're a cyclist. Oh. Jog around for a mile, see what your pace is, and imagine running four thirty-eight for twenty-six point two miles. And this is this is a regular marathon yes. world record, not the pacing thing, right. not the pacing the thing, trial pace, which, which he went one fifty-nine, right. thirty and change or forty. But it change, is think, yeah. Berlin, which is usually a fast course. That's where the and record has been set for quite yeah. a few years, and, yeah. and there are pacers of that race. Yes, yeah, he so pretty crazy is. Really quick, so yeah. Did you did you also hear that um, Remco Evanpool just for fun like went into five k? No, he did a half marathon and yeah, ran one ten. No, he, no, he didn't. I'm no, dead he serious. Oh no, this is this he, is a Tom Pidcock thing where it's like a bad nope. GPS. <laughs> he he ran five thirty pace no. for a half marathon. No, He's like, you know no, what? Five, I'm gonna five thirty pace isn't one ten. Five thirty pace is like one thirteen. He ran one ten. He did not run 110. He ran a short He ran a 110. He ran a 110 half. Matt, I agree. Remco's doping. That's, that's yeah. Sketchy. Now I hate him even more. He did that's, not run 110. That's what kind of engine Josh, Remco has. If he Remco, ran a 110 half marathon Evan on a whim. Paul, if Remco Evanpool <laughs> can beat me in a half marathon, I will eat my shoe. I promise you he oh, will not somebody beat me. Make that oh, happen. serve it up. <laughs> what Let's if he jumped into a... I will eat this current shoe I'm wearing on my right foot. What if he jumped into a half marathon with you? Or not marathon, but a half I Ironman. I would kill myself to beat him. I would absolutely <laughs> murder myself to beat that guy. No, there's no way. Because if I put like 10 minutes, 15 minutes into him in the pool, he's only going to be able to gain so much time on the bike. But what if he can swim right there with you? What? There's no way this guy came from all three in a background and decided to just randomly know. go into professional swimming. Is it true, know. Josh? Did you look it up? I can't find it yet. So okay, I'm calling BS on this. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't. I think it's baloney too. I just don't think like like if you spend that much time biking, you just you, you can't just don't yes. hop off and just and there, there's. He doesn't yeah, have the tendon development. Huge, he might have a huge end engine, but I just don't think it matters. As a, like, it's just different. As a 16-year-old, he ran 116 at the Brussels Half Marathon. Was he a cross-country runner when he was young? Nope. He had to be. Nope. He had to be. He's a bike <laughs> No, Matt, Matt, Matt knows this. This is all BS. If he only rode bikes, there's I call BS on all those times. Because we already went down this road with Tom Pidcock. Where, yeah. like, literally he was being made fun of by runners where they're like, you cyclists are so dumb thinking that he actually ran that. He was at 1430, and everybody's like, oh, Tom's a really good runner. It's like, no, his GPS was completely off, and he's and he's never run a 5K since. So, <laughs> no, I'll call BS on Remco. 
Yeah. No. The, all the boys Let from... Him go come out and race me at Vancouver Lake Half I Marathon. I think it was <laughs> Johan Bernil who brought it up and who's who's followed him since he was like 10 years old. I know that Johan's been calling him for a long time. Yeah. Like for, for He's the one who said time. he ran a 110 half marathon. Uh, Johan, you're wrong. Suck it, Evan. Is, Johan I, doesn't I know running. Time, like, Johan knows nothing. I love <laughs> Johan Bernil. He knows nothing about running. <laughs> this is like... He probably ran a 110-10K. <laughs> yeah, Matt, I, I, I agree. This is like when you talk with anybody who doesn't run anymore, who thought they were fast in high school, and they're like, yeah, I ran like 4'10". You're like, you ran 5'10". <laughs> and they're like, oh, you know, same thing. You're like, no, that's yeah, not the same thing. Not that's not even same. close to the same thing. <laughs> All right, champ out. We got to be done with this. That, that's going to be a funny one here in the future. Shut up, Evan. <laughs> <laughs> Lance just trying to make me angry today. He's like, gonna, it worked. Next he knows, it's gonna be like, working. Remco was actually at Augusta 73. He beat you. He just didn't beat bring a you. timing chip. He was 15th. He just didn't. <laughs> Going back to that Matthew uh, Vanderpool thing, did you guys hear about the hotel? About all of the one-star reviews that they were receiving? Wait a minute. Uh, Wait. It's hundreds of people are chiming in. All these in. Vanderpool fans are going in and all the reviewing the hotel. <laughs> All these Dutch people <laughs> That's actually hilarious. are going to the hotel's Let's website go. and on Google or wherever it is and leaving one-star reviews. Oh, the Netherlands is awesome. Good job, Netherlands. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Dutch fans are brutal. I love it. Fantastic. All right, on to way more important things than cycling. Oh, geez. Here we go. Lance, <laughs> help me. No that, that course, that <laughs> To accomplish something extraordinary. One must have an extraordinary dream. No, God, please, no, no. I just watched the office so on the flight. Too. I saw that episode. <laughs> so demanding that its achievement to most seems impossible. Oh, dear God, no. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have much time. We have like this week, the week before Kona, and a little bit like the week after where we all talk about Kona. Yeah. But this is it, man. This is prime yeah. time travel. <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> is a statement of excellence, passion, <laughs> commitment. He swam really fast, and he rode his bike really fast, and then he got off the bike and ran really fast, and won. Yeah. Just know the guy's name, it's over. They chose the heights that can be achieved when we push beyond our boundaries. There's nothing more spectacularly annoying than a bunch of triathletes talking about the world championship. <laughs> <laughs> what did I say? To earn the title, Iron Man. Let's all just give a round of applause to Jake here for putting that together. That is, I almost want a copy of that now. It's <laughs> your new ringtone. That needs to be my ringtone now. <laughs> I just want to say, I still have a faster Iron Man time than Evan Price. He does. Ooh. He very much does. I, me and Jake have the two slowest Iron Mans on this podcast <laughs> right <table>. now. <laughs> That's right. I even tried to trash talk Matt that day and still didn't beat him. Oh. So. All right. all right. You guys really going to do this? Well, we all know what's happening. Not this weekend, but next weekend. It's in yep. two weeks, right? The Kona Ironman World Championship. And if you don't know what that is, shame on you. Because you've clearly never watched The Wonderful World of Sports. The year Wide World of Sports. Wide World of Sports. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> that random two or three months later thing they pop up for an hour where they talk about the pro race briefly. But and they showed the, the Julie Moss uh, yeah, it's crawling, mostly, crawling yeah. across the finish line. It's yeah. mostly replays of Julie Moss. Yeah. What were you going to say, Matt? Oh, I was just saying the same thing. Like, it's just mostly sob stories about people overcoming, like, 
their shoes being untied and whatever yeah. as they try to do their Ironman right. race. And then, and then of course they like briefly mentioned like, Oh, and by the way, the pros did also race. If you care, nobody cares. Moving on to another story <laughs> about somebody who struggled through this. No, they do a lot of really good slow motion shots. NBC coverage. Like, like, in case you're wondering, Jan is still in front. Yep. <laughs> All right, so how's this going to go down here, guys? What's the plan? What's the uh, the structure to the podcast? First, we have to do the same format. Ahead. We have to go through, Picks. give our predictions for the women's race in a and a in a wild card pick. Yep. So podium top top three in a wild card pick for the women, and then we have to do it for the guys. Matt, and then Matt, I want to go. I want to go top five. Can we please do top five? Sure, whatever, man. Okay, thank you. Only because. I'm usually wrong, and this gives me two more chances to not be as wrong as I usually am. Okay. And, and I think I we, we have a tendency to have similar picks, so yes. should we all name yep. off our top five first and then have a discussion about it? Yes. Yes. Okay. I'm going to go on the record right now that the men's race is going to be won by Christy, Christy Wellington as she <laughs> nice. comes out of retirement. That's, it, that's, for the men's, that's, that's my only pick. And then the women's race will be run by Craig Alexander, And correct? Craig Alexander will come <laughs> we'll storming come out of retirement. <laughs> Jake, do you, do you have an outside pick you want to take here? We're doing the women's stuff? How about you? You two just get to choose the winner for both. How about that? Okay. Annie Hogg. Okay. That's a good women's pick. Your yeah. men's pick? My men's pick? I'm going to go with uh, Gustav Eiden. Eden. There you go. Those there are both go. those are both reasonable picks. Now, Lance, are you I, sticking I with I don't Chrissy? know either of those names. <laughs> Chrissy Wellington. Kidding. I'm sticking with Chrissy Wellington. Chrissy Wellington and Craig for Alexander. Bo- <laughs> for, for both. For both. She's going <laughs> to... She's going to race on Saturday and then Saturday. back it up on Sunday or however they're doing <laughs> no, it. No, it's Saturday. It it's is Thursday, Saturday. Thursday, Saturday. It okay. is on two different days this okay. year, yes. So let's start with the women. Okay. okay. Yep. Good. Josh gets to go first. Are we going from fifth to first? Yeah, yeah, yeah let's go fifth okay. to first. In fifth place, I have Heather Jackson. Yep. Ooh. Fourth place, I have nice. Lucy Charles Barkley. I thought she's not racing. She's she racing. She is racing. Oh, I thought she was broken. Recent announcement. She was. She's racing now. Yeah. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Third place, I have Laura Phillip. Yeah. Second place, Annie Hogg. And then first place, Daniela. There we go. I, you're, you're right about us all having, like, similar picks. Yep. I'm going to go fifth, Fenella Langridge. Way outside pick. That's a good pick. All you betting people out there, don't listen to the next four. Do not listen to the next four picks here. Fourth. This one's outside, too. Sarah True, I think, is actually oh. going to be coming to some good fitness. And she oh. hasn't raced, which means she, all she's been doing is training for this race. This poor ladies. This, this is the kiss uh. of death right here. Number three, Sarah Crowley. Good pick. Yeah. Number two, Annie Hogg, Daniela Reef. I'm not getting creative good. with the first two. Yeah. Hmm. Matt? I think mine mine are, like, super similar to um, Josh's. I, I did write all this stuff down because I'm going to do a video like I always do each year. But I'm, I, I have to bump up to five because you guys jumped up to five. My video will only be three. Uh, I think Heather Jackson was my wild card pick. I'm just going to put her at fifth. I will put – I don't think – I would put Lucy Charles here, but I don't think – this is bad. I don't I don't even want to say this out loud. I don't think she's going to finish. Oh. I don't. I don't. Well, that's a hot take. She She's a going in as a little under undercooked. Yeah. Well undercooked. Yeah. So I just have this bad it. feeling that – she's not going to want to get past as, I mean, like all day, right? Like she is a, she will be one of the top swimmers. She'll be in the front of the race. Yeah. She'll be in the front. And she's not bad at biking either. She will be up there for a while until she's not. Yeah. So that's my, my theory on her. 
So Heather Jackson fifth. I think I'm going to go. I don't, I don't, my fourth, I don't know. Um, Kat Matthews is, is hurt. Did you guys yes. see that she got hit by a car? She was going to be in my top five. That, that was a real bummer. She got hit by a car in Texas or wherever she lives. Yeah. Um, okay. So in fourth, I'm going to throw um, Sky Munch in there. Is she racing? Do you guys know? Yeah, she's she racing is. It? Yep. Sky yep. will be there. Yeah, throw, I'm going to throw her in there. Uh, third, uh, Annie Hogg. Uh, I think she'll run up to third. Second, Laura Phillip. I think this is like a big year for her. Mm-hmm. And of course, yeah. first, Daniela Rice. So do we yeah. all have the same for, we all have the same pick for first. Well, you just can't pick against her right now. I mean, like I last year didn't even have her, I think in my top five and I was like, I think she's not even going to make the top 10. That's clearly very, it's just like at every St. single George, time right? I have, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. At St. George, uh, every single time I have picked against Daniela, she has gone off and won. So at this point, I'll pick her, and she's probably not going to finish in the top five. That's now, right. So. Hey, so I heard about your race. <laughs> <laughs> Kiss of death, I'm telling you. <laughs> All right, so so let's Sorry, so let's talk about how we think the women's race is going to break down. I remember the the last. Well, last Kona too, but also say, George, we talked about what's what we think is going to happen in the swim, and then progress from there. If you look at the women's field too. There are a lot of names I don't know a lot about, and that's because there is a large yeah. amount of countries represented in the women's field. I well, mean, also, a lot. this is the first time, this is actually, I think, no, worth noting is that this is the first time that they're doing an equal number of women's racers or qualifiers to the guys. Yep. So a long time ago, there was a, like a huge push for 50 women, 50, 50 guys. I think it's a good idea even if there are more women that we don't know about, I think it's good for the sport. Um, mm-hmm. But I think the people that really dig into it, look at the numbers, they're like, well, they're just not, there's not as many women running as fast. And so uh, I'm, I'm still pumped. I stand by the fact that this is a good decision. And then this being on different days too, you know, a, a Thursday, Saturday, you know, dueling race schedule. I think, I think that's good too. I think it could be good because I think we're going to have all the eyes on the women's race. And I actually think it's going to be really fun to watch. Yeah, I think I think the f- I I I'm going to take the devil's advocate here, Matt. And this is only because okay. I do respect how fit right now Reef is. I actually think the women's race is going to be really boring. Boring. I think it's going yeah. to be so. So here was I, I think it's going to happen in the swim. Lucy is not going to mess around in the swim. She's going to come out. I'm trying to see anybody else. This. Uh, the, Lauren Brandon. Lauren, uh, yeah, yeah, but she's outswam Lauren the last couple times they've raced. Lauren, Lauren, Lauren can stick on her feet though. She's stuck think? on her feet. Yeah, in 2018, Haley, Haley can stick on. Haley Churro will probably be there. Yeah, Haley Churro and Lauren Brandon can. But both. Lauren can't bike with her. Lucy, no, 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 Lucy yeah. will drop yeah, them both absolutely. on the bike. Yep. Yeah. So if if Lucy comes out with with company, it's probably those two. I don't recognize anybody else's name that I think can swim at that level. There is always Sarah True could be close. So actually what I think is going to happen is there's going to be the Lucy group. Lucy's going to leave them. And then I think that there will be a big group trying to move up with Sarah True. So I think actually the big group of contenders is going to be whoever. I think Annie Hogg can be close to that group. I think Laura Phillip can be close to that group. And that's going to be the group of like eight to 10 women that are going to control the race. And eventually they're going to reel in Lucy Charles. Lucy Charles will eventually come back to them. Yeah. I, I agree with that assessment. I think Daniela Rice is probably a stronger swimmer than Annie Hawk or uh, who else did we mention? Laura Phillips? 
Annie's Annie's yeah. a sneaky strong swimmer though. Now she her her swims yeah. got stronger, but 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 so is I mean right Rife's thrown down or Danielle's thrown down a couple really good swims lately. Yeah, so. in 2019 they're in the same. Danielle used to be a terrible swimmer. Yeah, they're they're Danielle in the same used to have to make up like ten minutes. Yeah, yeah. Hog and and Daniela were in the same pack. Where was Langridge coming out of the water? Because Langridge is a super biker. She, she she's a super biker in the field. She's a stud. She's a stud in the water. She's actually yeah. going to be ahead of that Daniela uh, Annie Hogg group, and she'll be behind. She'll be in the Sarah True group. Oh. I bet. I bet. I bet she'll be in that Sarah True group. I, I, then. I, is Sarah True really that fast in the water? I, I mean, to, maybe you're right. She, she was a great ITU racer. She was great, and, yeah. and even in the Collins Cup, she had a great swim at the Collins Cup. Shorter distance, okay. well, non wetsuit. What are their times going to be? Or what's it? Um, that's swim? a good, though, you know, Lucy will go under 50. I no, I'm not talking about just swim. I'm talking yeah. about the overall time. Uh, the overall time, the men uh, will be 750 and change for the winner, and the women will be 820 to 830 for the winner. You guys going to sit there and watch both of these all day long? Um, I will and invest yeah. that 16 hours of watching. I will, they will. I I will watch at some point, but that is that Thursday. Oh wait, wait, yeah, the women's. I will, yeah, actually. The women's Josh probably will that day. Yeah, Yeah. well, you'll be there. That's gonna be fun. Um, the men's on that Saturday. No, I have plans for that Saturday. So at some point, I will watch it in pieces. Josh, will we get any glimpses of you on the uh, the television? Because I know that they've showed some of the amateur, the top amateurs, like coming out of the water, and they've like kind of talked about them. Now that they you don't have know. a sobby enough story, yeah, <laughs> they're not going to have all of the women there. You need so to the, break something before yeah. you go. Yeah. <laughs> well, and usually you would. You if, need to have seven more kids. If the women were racing on the same day, I could maybe bridge up to the pro women and get in. Yeah, yeah, mix it up. Yeah, yeah. What is your? You won't see me. And I know that we're talking about the pros here, but what is your goal time? Oh yeah, throw it out. Let's go. Uh, you've done the math. I know. I know you've done the exact let's, math. Let's go nine ten. Nine ten or under. Ooh. Yeah. In Kona, wow. that is fast. In and, Kona, and, that's but very fast. I say fast. that very cautiously because it, that's wind. You really have to respect the con- conditions of that race, and you cannot go in there. Yeah. You can you know. melt in the heat. Yeah. You're oh, yeah. running in the afternoon. Yep. It could be pushing ninety the degrees. Bike, the with bike high wind humidity. can make for a, a twenty minute faster day. Yeah, so, the, the wind yeah. is a major factor on the ride too. If yes. it is not windy, it will be fast. If it is windy, you get held up either on the out or on the way back. Mm-hmm. And and it can be the guys that start in the wave twenty minutes ahead of me. They could may not be affected conditions. by yep. the yep. winds the same yep. that my age group or the age groups behind me. Yeah. You're so. racing your age group in Kona. That's, yeah. Yep. Got to listen to Lance, yep. though. I am a very competitive person. Oh, jeez. <laughs> and I certainly am uh, always motivated by doing certain things. Yep. One of them is being a triathlete, trying to be I'm the best you. type of no. yeah. triathlete. I know. The expert. Try to uh, be as fast as I was can this, be. As, was this pieced together somehow? Are you just Lance saying triathlete? That's a quote from Lance. <laughs> That's Lance giving a speech to George Fox. <laughs> University. Oh, yes. My God. Somebody recorded it, and it just so happened to be on the YouTube. It was on, it was on YouTube. Yeah, you have to look it up. I was, I, was a, I was giving a motivational I was, speech. I would trying to find another to stand by kid around across that. I was like, kids. holy hell, this is hilarious. I love to get in contact with some kids. Lance, <laughs> <laughs> how many times have you done Kona? I've never done Kona. I thought you went done it once. No. No, uh, he was close. No. He almost passed out to qualify. I was I 90 seconds oh, away from yeah. qualifying. That's yeah. what it was. Okay. Josh has done before. Yeah. So he's I've a- ridden the whole thing. I've ridden all of it, not all at once. I'm yeah. not that stupid. Yeah. But I've I've ridden all the courses, but yeah. 
distance. That course is is um, long and also on the same road for a really, really, really long yeah. time. So okay. <laughs> back to your regularly scheduled program here. Go. So um, also a swimmer that we can't forget about too. I yeah, believe can. yes, we can't forget about all of them. <laughs> there, well, actually, we can't forget them because I did forget them. Um, oh God, I just lost the name. Oh, this is the worst announcing ever. Hold on. Oh, these. There was another. You. There was another sneaky swimmer in there that I just rolled over. Are you thinking like Haley Chura or no, Haley? Haley Chura is well is well well known. Rebecca Clark, Rebecca Clark, maybe. I think it was Sadal. How was Sadal as a swimmer? I might Mm. I might have that name off. Oh no no wait my bad it was it was it was a Brazilian oh Oliveira oh Pamela she will she will factor in potentially into Lucy's group too. Yeah, she's very fast as a swimmer, and she's but, a good biker. But let's just be straightforward. Like Lucy is the fastest swimmer yes. in Kona, if yes. she wants to be. Think. And here's here's the thing: is the only woman who's gonna be able to go with Reef when she wants to make her move on the bike is maybe Lisa Norton. That's it. That's the only woman on that list who can bike with her. Maybe Langridge. I lied. Langridge too. Those are the only well, two. Well, it depends on her bike fitness. We don't, I mean, she hasn't raced as much, so we don't know yeah. if she's... And Lisa's pretty old, too. Sorry, Lisa. I, I'm, I'm a big Lisa Norton fan, but she's like in her 40s now, isn't she? Late 30s? I don't know. She's not young anymore. Quick question. Um, yeah. Tangier, what's the purse like for the women's race? Is there a big purse for them to win this? It's it's, it's, it's the same. It's the same. 100,000. Yeah. It's 100,000 for the winner, right? For the yeah. winner. For the winner, yeah. It might be more. I, I forget. I don't know. Do they yeah. have to pay to enter this race, or is it something that's covered with their pro card? No, no, it's covered with their pro card. Yeah. Any any race you do as a pro is covered under your pro card. Um, yeah. In 2019, Laura Phillip had the fastest uh, bike. Okay. Out of all the women. Wow. Okay. Four hours and 45 minutes. That's um, fast. That compared was also... to Lucy, who led off the bike, she was four hours and 47 minutes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Not bad. Yeah. So, I mean, like, honestly, the, the, the Laura Phillip pick is great, which is why I left her out, so I'll be wrong there. But, I mean, I, I, I just think that this, this race is going to be, like, very individual. It's going to be Reef, I really think, is going to blow the doors off of everybody. I think there will be people who overbike in the women's field because they might try to follow her. And I do think that Reef's bike fitness right now is on another planet from, from, from the field. And she will either... If Lucy doesn't get brought in by the group, she's going to get brought in by Reef again. So, yeah, again, which like is going to be a bummer a for her. Man. Of- God, that's like the replay of her nightmare, just over and over yeah. again. Is just Reef <laughs> reeling her in at like mile eighty or ninety or whatever, just over and over. Okay, mm. now, are there also- any sneaky runners in there that anybody thinks is going to move through the field on the run? Um, what about? Do we say Sarah Crowley? Crowley? That's Sarah who Crowley I picked. Run. I think Crowley's going to move through the field on the run for sure. Annie Hogg is my um, Heather. Heather Jackson can run. Yeah, but oh god, I hate because I, I know because I, I, I think Heather's awesome. So I hate. Tra- I don't even think Heather's going to make the top twenty. Yeah, if she does, that's that's a good day. I think yeah. if she's well, I think top ten is what she should be. Heather's for. awesome though. Yeah, I if, hate saying if that. If it's but a war of I'm attrition type for race, like I want to yeah. see Heather do good. But if it's a war of attrition type race, that's her chance. She, to, yeah, you yeah, know, she'll, she'll move. But if this is, I mean, if people are feeling good, the conditions race, aren't terrible. Yeah, she's, no, not, she's not. Yeah, yeah. Heather races gravel, so she's my pick. There you go. Hey, there pick. you go. That's a better pick than Chrissy Wellington. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but I think um, Annie Hogg, Sarah Crow- uh, Crowley, and Sarah True are going to be the three movers through the field on the run. So I think that those three are going to move all the way through the field into the two, three, and four slot. 
Langridge will hold yep. on because I think that Langridge will probably be coming off the bike close to Reef. So I think you off know, the bike Lara it's going to be Reef and Langridge. Laura Phillip can run. She can. I know. I'm I'm an idiot for not putting Laura, Laura Phillip in here. Laura Phillip could could challenge Reef on her best day. but she blows Laura, up. Laura Phillip went eight hours and eighteen minutes at Ironman Germany. Yeah, she year. was fast. Yeah, is that the world record for the women? Or is Reef still hold that? No, she set the Ironman record. The, There's the also fish. a long course. That's the Ironman record, the Ironman record at Ross. Record. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So she's fast. I think. I think it still is going to be a day for. I still think Reef is going to be f- like win this by a pretty big margin. Yeah, I, think I it's don't think this race Reef. is going to be close. Yeah, I think it's it's a throwback to she's swimming well now too. That was the only thing she didn't have Daniela. before. Yep. The only thing she didn't have before was she had to always make up like eight minutes on the bike. Now all of a sudden she's swimming well, so it's going to be dangerous. Make up six minutes on the on the swim, probably five yeah. or six minutes, and she yeah. can make that up on a not a game Lucy Charles for sure. So. I, I, I just have a bad feeling that Lucy's going to I hope I hope I'm wrong. Because like Lucy could win the whole thing. I completely you know? agree with you, Matt. I think I think that she's gonna end up walking. Yeah. Last year I would have been like, Oh yeah, Lucy is dominating. She's just like she was in a different league last year. Yeah. And this I just worry about I worry about the injury that she's had and the the way that she took a pretty large break. Yes. With no yes. pressure. <laughs> no pressure on the leg. No pressure on the leg. I agree. I agree. I think it's I think it's too much too soon. So, anything else on the women's race? Yeah, move on. I'm just pumped that they're on two different days. I agree with you guys. I think I think it's really fun to be able to focus on the women's race for a day and then focus on the men's race for a day. So, Here's my hot take on the on the schedule thing. I think this is my vote. I get a vote, right? Yes. I think that they should each year they should swap it. I think they should stick with Thursday, Saturday, and the next year it should be guys on Thursday, girls on Saturday, and then every uh, you know every other year they just swap it out, swap the schedule. That'll be more fair. That's a that's a very reasonable. That's oh. a. I don't think that's a hot take. That's a that's a lukewarm take at best because I actually completely agree with that. I think that's smart. <laughs> when when the women pro race on Thursday, do all the women age groupers race as well? That's a good question. I should know yeah. the answer. All the women age groupers race, and then some of the men's age groupers, like the old, like the, the older ones, the olders and the 25 to 29 year old men, for some reason, Ooh. I don't know why they, and the chose. winner could be in okay. the 20. See, this is the thing that's dumb about that though, is then yeah. if it's great conditions Thursday or vice versa, yeah. if you're, I mean, there are contenders in that 25 to 29, like guys that could win the amateur overall, that's going to really throw a monkey wrench into that. Yeah. It's going to be hard for anybody to say like, I'm the, yeah, age, overall age group. Oh yeah, if you got a twenty mile an hour tailwind coming back Ironman from the Queen K, yeah, right. or twenty degrees cooler or something like that. Yeah. Um, here's one other thing to consider, guys. Uh, Ironman announced that they reduced the number of aid stations. Oh, what? In Kona, so now on the bike, they've taken it from eighteen aid stations down to thirteen. And oh god, somebody's gonna die. Run, <laughs> somebody's gonna die. On the run, they moved it down to eighteen aid stations instead of. 25 26 so you have every mile instead of every mile like we're all used to having an aid station every mile it's about once every mile 1.3 to 1.6 they just go to the metric system is that is that the only thing they're like sorry guys it's every 3k (laughs) why why there's a shortage of volunteers Um, and that's across everything nationwide there's a shortage well you think that the biggest race in triathlon if they put the word out there and it's like hey we need a couple volunteers 
sure they could come up with that. Well, you know what the issue is? Is they that two races. And Kona. They have yeah. two yeah, races. They got split the volunteers. During that week. You know how many people are on this planet? <laughs> but also, it's because Kona is wildly expensive right now, even yeah. compared to what it was in the past. Even if That's you, made news. Even yeah. if you're paying these people minimum wage, the right. amount of money that they're bringing in, I mean, it's couple thousand dollars i'm sure that they'd have to kick but in. also we're talking about a company that has been bought and sold now what like four times in a yeah, few for years billions of for dollars, billions of dollars like, come on fail. it's a terribly failed business it's the airline industry of the sports world right now yeah, you know, not, usually in pro sports profitable. you've got this like, is american airlines of running biking and swimming yeah. <laughs> pro sports you usually have millionaires playing for billionaires i mean yeah it seems like there's billionaires that are owning this and like you guys are yeah. like Hundreds of thousands of errors. If you're right at the pointy end of this, and like tens of thousands, of, we got we got thousand errors playing for a billionaire right so now. So you would think that between, <laughs> I mean, there's got to yeah. be a lot of money coming in. I'm sure that if they said, "Hey, we we're going to take on one more sponsor just to pay yeah. some of these volunteers," I would love a dollar cents conversation oh, with yeah. the owner on really what's going on. I mean, we all know what's going on here. Is he really really fat bottom line because they're in a massive amount of debt and they want to try and not sure. be in a massive amount of debt. But it, the guy's just a jack wagon. I mean, you know, it's he was a jack wagon when he first bought it. He was a jack wagon when he sold it. And he's a jack wagon when he bought it again. So, yeah. That's yeah. ridiculous. Glad for the exposure, yeah. not for the... And I know he listens to this, too. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm sorry. Please let me on so the start list. The, the billionaire who owns PTO, if I'm not mistaken, isn't yeah, that guy a pretty, guy. pretty solid dude? Um, I mean, I've, I've never met him. I know guys who I race who we actually talk about him pretty frequently. I'm not going to get into those exact conversations actually, but that just cause I don't want to put anybody on blast or anything. Um, nice guy seemed okay. Very seemed like he needs to get something out of this. Well, he's not, also dumping quite entirely. a bit of money into yeah. it. I mean, not there's entirely, a philanthropist not, and then not, there's a business not, person. Yeah, exactly. So he's no. not a philanthropist here. No, he, no. but it seems like he but might I'd be But I'd rather take... a business guy take control of it and make yeah. sure this is sustainable yeah. than a pure philanthropist. Yeah. yeah. So I probably, if I met him and talked to him, I'd probably like the guy. Yeah. I, I'd imagine. I have not, but yeah. I just. I would of, love a business sense guy who likes triathlon. From what I've read, doesn't what like I've it, heard, what I've seen, does it does seem like that's a better, more viable route to go with that yeah, guy as is. opposed to the Ironman. But the Ironman's got the brand and it's just not going to be one of those but things. But it will erode over time. It will. Yeah. Slowly over time, it will erode. Me and Matt have hot takes on this. I think Matt still thinks Ironman's going to be around for a long time. Well, yeah, it's been around for a long so. time. It, it, it has. In the PTO, it's just like the PTO, we have hot takes on that. We my fear is that they're burning too bright and they're burning too much money they're burning a lot all of right now. of a sudden. A lot of cash. And, and that scares me a little bit, right? Because yeah. we, I mean, they're doing, they're doing great. They're doing good stuff. I'm just so scared that they're going to basically, like you said, like someone's going to be like, all right, now what's my return on investment? I, Nothing. I dropped, you know. Yeah, the ROI and, and is not part. looking good at all. They, they've already started to put on age, age group. group races. That was a big red flag when I saw that. Yep. The pro races, which is that's what only, you do when you that's need the to only way you make money in triathlon. Yeah. I mean, I nobody's was, doing yeah, those races yet. I was, either. I was just talking with, with Bali on, on, on your left about this, who is a good, he has a good business mind. Like Bali really does have a good business mind, but we were joking. We're like, the bottom line is triathlon. The only way triathlon can sell is at their really marketable top athletes, Lucy, Charles, Jan Frodeno. And we were, okay, we could be completely open about this. Why does a Jan Frodeno make way more money in the sport with top type brands than like a Lionel Sanders? There's a reason. He's polished. Jan Frodeno is German and polished. Mercedes-Benz is not sponsoring Lionel Sanders. I love Lionel Sanders. Don't get me wrong. But Lionel Sanders is like the, the marketer of the people, basically. The sport needs more, like it needs people like a Jan Frodeno who can bring it up. But do we want to go down that road? Because I don't know. We've talked about this before. And that's kind of a... 
it's not a fun road to go down. So it was like, you, I think we got to make the decision as a sport. Like, do we want to sell our soul or do we want to keep some sanctity in the sport? Mm. And that's going to be, a I question. don't know if I agree with you on this, Evan. I think Lionel Sanders can sell products. I mean, I think Wahoo. I think he does to triathletes. Him. I think I think he sells products great to try better than anybody to triathletes. But I'm talking about the sport on a big money global stage. Like like yeah, I see I, 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 mean, I see Jan Ferdino as at, look a look at Zwift. Look, Zwift is paying Jan Ferdino and they're paying Lionel Sanders. They're both they're paying both that guy like and this is like we're gonna use this guy in, you know, advertisements. Do they yeah. want Lionel to fix his teeth? Probably. Probably. <laughs> I mean <laughs> I love it. No, I'm I'm saying that I I like what Lionel is. I just don't see him as a big global marketer. Is what is what I don't see him as. Mm-hmm. But I yeah. like that. I don't I don't know. I like that. Yeah, Ferdano has Mercedes yeah, Benz, Alliance. Who's yeah. who's Alliance? That's I like know, probably and then and then the bank. big one that I saw coming from like the business corporate world, SAP. That is a oh, yeah. huge. Oh, huge, I remember you talking about huge, this before. Yeah, uh, software company. Yeah, yeah. Um, that runs like you know databases for some there of the biggest, go. yeah, you know, Fortune 500 yep. companies. Mm. Yep. So I always had the same thing with like Lucy Charles. Like Lucy Charles is very marketable. Like as all yeah. like global brands have nothing to do with triathlon because that because I was Bali's yeah. joke with this is he's like it's like why are we chasing scratch sponsorships like you know scratch right. and tailwind we love these companies they're part of the sport I hope that they do well. Like if the sport's going to grow and be on ESPN, like we're not going right. to be sponsored by like, you know, these companies that only sell to triathletes. It'd be the same thing in the cycling world. It's like, how, how, how do you keep the tour de France alive? It's not the bike companies that need to be throwing money. It's, you know, well, going back a hundred years, a newspaper company, mm-hmm. like literally a newspaper company. It's, yeah. it's companies that make money, but all right, let's get back on track. Anyway, you see, men's you race. See okay. cell phone companies, right? Yeah, where all of those exactly. Teams, it used to just be like every team had a cell phone company. Yes. But yeah, I think I agree. Lucy Charles brought to you by Verizon. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I think Lucy Charles is the easiest by far. It's I like, agree. Big social media I, presence. But, yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Okay, okay going to the men's race. Top five. Matt, okay. you get to go first. Uh, uh, okay, again, I don't have my four fives, but I'm going to go, um, Daniel Beckgaard for fifth. Nice pick. Um, and then I am going to say fourth, uh, Magnus, uh, Detlev, I think is his last name. Detlev, is yep. that how you say it? Yep. The Dane. He's like German or something. Dane. No, Dane. Um, yeah. anyway. Okay. So now on to my top three, my podium pick, uh, in third Lionel Sanders, uh, oh. Mr. Marketing, Mr. Marketing nice. himself. I think, I, the reason that I want to put him somewhere in here is because I didn't pick him for St. George. I think that was a mistake. Yeah. I, I just, every time I see him run, I'm like, oh, he's hurt. He's hurt. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, no, no, he's fine. No, he's still run 520 pace. Yeah. <laughs> and then he, and then he, yeah. And then he, he does fine. In second, Christian Blumenfeld. And again, this is basically very similar to St. George. I'm predicting that um, Gustav Eden beats Christian Blumenfeld. Um, it's, yeah, you think so. it's going to happen this time? <laughs> you think, yeah. I think so. I but I keep saying that, and it never happens. So, but I, I, I mean, he has. I mean, it's not a bad pick, Christian. At some point, yep. I can't remember which race it was, but okay, Josh, two. Uh, number five, Braden Curry. Oh, that's a good. Pick. Oh, good pick, good pick. Number four, Joe Skipper. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. Number three. I was going to put Tim O'Donnell in there, um, but Ooh. I'm going to put Lionel in there. That's a instead. hero pick on three. Yeah. Lionel's, uh, he's he's lean right now. Yes. He looks really lean. He's um, walking over Razor's edge right now. 
number two Gustav and number one Iron Man World Champion defending blue. Yeah, blue. Going blue. Okay. Yeah. I am going. I have seven names on here that I've been <laughs> tossing up in the air. I'm going to yeah. go, I'm going to move Lionel out of my top five, which I absolutely hate doing, but I have to put Braden Curry in five, Joe Skipper in four, Ditlev in three, Goo, and then Blue. Nice. Yep. Yep. I, yep. I think those are good picks. Yeah. I think Braden Curry is a good pick that I, I should have probably considered. What about Cam Worth? Does anyone think Cam Worth is going to do anything? No, unfortunately, mm-hmm. no. But he's going to factor in all day. He's going to be a big um, driver of the race, I definitely think, because yeah. there will be guys that want to latch on to him, and that's going to really determine yep. the bike. Yep. Yeah. Do you think that he could do something crazy like, I'm just going to go for a bike record? Oh, I'd love that. What cool. if, if Cam Worf wins this race? That's my favorite result, maybe in triathlon history. If Cam Worf somehow bikes through this field and just hangs on for dear life with like a 248, 250 marathon, that would be incredible. But he'd have to bike with how strong everybody is now. He'd have to bike like 355. Like he'd have to go under four hours on this course, which don't get me wrong, I, I, he could. He, okay, he, nobody picked Lange. Lange was my number six. Okay. I haven't picked it number really? four, but I didn't get asked. I only got asked there for my go. top guy. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> See, I know Jake, you don't factor into this Jake conversation. Every year, Jake every year actually does research. Lance over here just picking picking 90s people. And boogers. <laughs> I've, I've recused myself from this conversation. But Lance, do I need to play the soundbite again? <laughs> no, Lance. <laughs> Please don't. It's Lance, embarrassing. So, so, so me and Lance were talking before the race, or, or, or before this podcast, and he had a hot take on Kyle Smith. Wasn't that right, like Lance? Uh, no, I did not okay, say I'm that. Just, I was going to guess. <laughs> <laughs> so I've got two big wild cards in the men's field that could make us all look really, really dumb. I'm going Kyle Smith and Colin Chartier. The only reason I can't pick Colin is because I think that Colin just burned his matches in yeah. Dallas. Yep. So Colin Chartier, for anybody paying attention to this, is coached now by Macaul Eden and gobbled up whatever training they've done recently and threw down a pretty amazing result in Dallas. He looked the most comfortable in the heat. He biked well, too. He's already an elite swimmer. He was, he was an elite swimmer to begin with. Under the right conditions, he's one of the best runners in the game. The problem with him and Kona, though, is I think the, biker, the strong bikers are too strong right now. The, to, to, to be in the top five, you got to be a really good... There's yeah. going to be no more Lange running through the field, I don't think. As much as I wanted to put him in the top five, I don't think Ditlev's going to fall apart. Blue and Goo are not going to fall, fall apart. Lionel probably won't either. And you throw in a Braden Curry who's a great biker too, you're not going to see these like epic collapses. These guys are really good runners. Do I get to go on the record or not? Go ahead. <laughs> Let's hear Jake's top five. Go five, actually. Okay. Yeah. All right. So no, coming in at number five. Yeah. Joe Skipper. Nice. Number four, Patrick Lange. Yep. Three, Magnus Didliff. Yep. Two, Christian Blumenfeld. Mm-hmm. And number one, Gustav Eden. So Jake and Matt are Ooh. both going with, with <laughs> I love we all have a Norwegian winning, except for Lance. Lance has, Lance has a yeah, podcast well, like last week. Has, <laughs> has, has, has a woman winning, which is, which is a way outside pick. So After the podcast <laughs> last week, you can't not pick one. So, right. <laughs> So I think, I think Cassie too, Matt, I'm going to, I'm going to expose Cassie here. Cassie might pick Gustav to win too, because Cassie has been watching enough of their Instagrams and has said that, so we were watching, um, one of their open water swim videos. Yeah. Gustav looks really loose and relaxed. Mm. Blue looks tense. 
Yeah, but, but that's not, the thing they always But do. when he's not that's, fit, Gustav does not like to train with Blue. And like, like I think he gets stressed about that, and he looks really comfortable right now. Like, very, very stress-free and comfortable. So we got winners that we're picking based off of Instagram posts. So. Yes. Okay. That's yeah, how it works I just, yeah. Well, here's the thing. I just Kathy. Way I more than Kathy. Whatever Kathy says. Lance, help me. No, that, Lance. Lance, help me. Please help me. <laughs> um, the other thing to keep in mind, guys, is just remember, I, I know you, you, when you pick someone like Kyle Smith, um, inexperience, yeah. In a race like this, not only the conditions, but we're also going back to, you know, only so many aid stations compared this, to that. That's actually it, a this fair point. Be a very precision driven race. This is what you listen to this podcast for. We bring on Josh Monda and he's got inside insider detail on the number of aid stations. There's no other podcast <laughs> talking about the number of aid stations. Yeah. <laughs> So there, there's going to be athletes who do just do a better job at managing their yeah. uh, fluid intake um, now, throughout the race, and we're more crafty about how they approach this race. There's less outhouses out there too. Yeah, yeah, that was that's a joke, but that's pooping, legitimate. Pooping in a lot of fields. Smoky, Lionel is for sure. <laughs> Lionel's crapping in the lava fields at one point. That's a hot take. Lionel's going to have to take a break in the lava fields. So St. George, if we look back at St. George, that front bike pack stayed away for the bike, the, oh, the, the yep. entirety of the bike. The guys in that field were laid low. Kyle Smith. Kyle Smith, Braden Curry, Backagard, and Florian Anger. Yep. That's a really strong group. Those guys could stay away in Kona 2. If they stay away, who who out of that group, let's say you had to pick a winner, Matt. I'm going to do, do this too. This is an outside pick. If you had to pick a winner out of those five that came out in St. George, we might be missing somebody. I think it was five guys. Who are you picking out of those five? Braden Curry. Yeah, I'm going Braden Curry. Kona, Braden Curry. Yeah. Yep. yep. Matt? Back of guard somehow pulls it out just to be. Back of guard is not a bad pick. He's so fit. He is really, really fit right now. You know who's not going to win it, though? Is Sam Laidlow. Laidlow. <laughs> that is. <laughs> He, he's, he's walking. Gonna walk. He's walking. Guaranteed. On, on Guaranteed. He's walking. Oh. He's walking. I'm really glad that he had a good race brutal. in Dallas. I'm really good he had a good race. In, I'm, I'm happy that he had a good race in Dallas, but that guy's walking for sure in Kona. He's already showed that he is not his friend, and he is really going to like struggle in that kind. We that do kind like Laidlow, though. We are, I like him. Yeah, we yeah. like Laidlow. I don't mind him at all. I, I know some people think he's just a punk. Mm. I think he's great for the sport. Yeah. And him and Sam Long are like buddies now. You know, they took one race to like each other again. All right, we're getting a little long in the tooth yeah. here. Yeah, I'm long in the podcast. Anything else you guys that's want to throw right. out there? Um, we also got John Brentonson. Racing On Kona, and we got Scott Goodrich <laughs> racing Kona. Yep. Is there anybody else locally racing Kona? Yeah, I'm gonna feel so bad if we get a mess from someone. They're like, dude, I was, I told you, I was racing Kona. It's yeah. I'm well, you guys have one more week to bring it up. Yeah. Well, so Lance might have, Lance might have qualified too. I'm not sure. He hasn't told us, but I triathlon takeover I, over. I ran a 110 half marathon. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> I will love next week if you come out. And you're like, I was lying about that. He never. <laughs> I I actually found legitimate. That the result. I want the time a, a result. result. At 16 years old, he ran a 116. But that's not a 110. But now. that's not a 110. <laughs> I know that's just what Johan is. Johan just like tossing stuff out there. Maybe, but I I love how angry it makes you. I know, I know. <laughs> if you if you find any swimming date on Remco, that's gonna be when I blow. I'm just gonna I'm gonna leave that day. <laughs> All right, let's jump into one last thing before we do. Hey Matt, any new developments in the COVID? Any new symptoms? Uh, yeah, since the podcast started, I'm completely cured. Coming in to, I'm coming in to make out with you guys. Nice. <laughs> there you go. All right, let's do one last thing. Matt, you want to kick us off like you do? Uh, yes. 
Um, I think I'm going to do an Apple Watch 8 review. I actually just talked to Apple on the phone, like a PR person, and before the podcast. And here's the thing. I know. I'm big time now, guys. I don't have time for you anymore. But uh, <laughs> the Apple... The Apple Watch Ultra will eventually get here. It's going to be forever. It's going to be like a month before I get that watch for review for that one. But whenever that happens, there'll be a whole bunch of content around it. Uh, tons more videos coming up. I just, I've mentioned, you know, like there's bike computers that I've got to cover. There's bike radars that I need to cover. Um, lots of videos. No time to make them. Same old story. Breaking news here. We're going to have a live update. What is the Matt Legrand Garmin just got killed by Apple. Oh, you want numbers? What's the what, number? What are the numbers yeah. at? I don't know. It's over 300,000 views on that wow. video. You want? You guys want more details? Yes, on. I want all the details, Matt. Hold on, hold on. Let me see if I can give you exact numbers. 323,000 views. Holy heck. And then what was the other price video again in comparison? 600 views. However many times Evan's mother watched it. <laughs> when are you going over to you Tim Cook's it. house for dinner, Matt? <laughs> Can I come, Matt? Yes. Oh, <laughs> That's fantastic. And yeah. did you uh, jump over 15,000 subscribers? Yeah. yeah. Matt, when are we? When are we throwing another party, Matt? 20K? We're, right now, man. COVID time. This is true. Let's Let's do do over COVID tonight. Yeah. Sweet. Good job, Matt. Proud of you. All right. Thank you, thank you. Lance Hepler, one last thing. Uh, the final race in the Harvest Cross Cyclocross Series happens this Saturday at Heiser Farms out near Dayton. I don't know. Yeah, Dayton, Oregon. Dayton, Oregon. Also a wonderful place in Ohio. About an hour to change south of uh, Portland, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken. It's a really cool venue for it. It's some guy's private farm, and they put up a course, and there's enough. It's like a pumpkin patch as well as a, a farm. It's, it's, a, a, nice it's a cool race. So uh, come, come race your bike. Sweet. Evan? Oh, I've got nothing. We have way more interesting one last things. Go. <laughs> Josh Monda. Triathlon is hard and boring. <laughs> Bike racing is fun. But not as hard and boring as watching it. <laughs> I'm going to make my cyclocross debut at some point this winter. Oh, I thought, so. I thought you were about to say like this week. I'm like, are you outside of your freaking <laughs> mind? <laughs> Was Max bummed to miss the race this weekend? Yeah, he was, but he, he he's got football right yeah, now too. Gotcha. So he's he's pretty busy. Is he kind of done for the season then, given that football's in full swing? Or once we get back from Kona, he'll have one more week of football. Sure. And then we're gonna start going out to those cross crusades. Races. Cross yeah. crusades yeah. start go, on October 9th, and they run almost every Sunday for like seven weeks or something like that. Through through November. Through November. Okay. So yeah. we'll do the no- November races most likely. Yeah. Awesome. Do you have your eyes set on a particular race? Probably one of those races. Okay. Yeah. Have you ridden a cross bike before? Um, Max is twice. This is going to be this glorious. Be fun. Yeah. I can't wait to watch this. If he wins, can we put to bed? Well, you guys can still make fun of my no, 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 no. skills. But it, the we... question isn't if he wins. The question is can I how many times does he crash? <laughs> That's what it is because there will be crashes. Can we go back to me saying I'm not a mountain biker if he wins, though? Because I think that's an extension. <laughs> I don't know. I have a sneaking suspicion. This guy's a bit of an athlete over here, and I think yes, he's going to he do is. just fine. Cool. Uh, my one last thing is I'm actually kind of excited. Um, Alliance kind of knows about some 
changes we're making down here at the lab. It's just good steps forward. Um, I am actually going to be working outside of the lab for two days a week. And I'm actually really excited about that because these are going to be two days that are going to be fully dedicated to working on like content creation for the YouTube channel, as well as other stuff for like, you know, rolling out new websites and just all kinds of fun stuff that I've been wanting to do. But this summer just kicked my arse and I wasn't able to do that. So really looking forward to that. And, um, I'm thinking that uh, we might actually even pepper in another midweek ride during the day. Nice. Which should be fun. So I'm, I'm just kind of excited about the, the change that's in the air. And good things are happening down here. Excited about it and just excited to see uh, how that plays out. Oh, and in case uh, any of you didn't see this, and for those that do freak with the old dialed cycling lab, we did change our hours uh, effective today. I did see that on so, Instagram. Yeah, we're open a little bit later in the evening, which is kind of cool because, um, you know, busy people and during the summer we've got all kinds of rides that we're leading and now we've got a few more people down here we can kind of spread the load a little bit so we're going to be open until six o'clock at nighttime it might even push back a little bit further on certain nights of the week so kind of excited about that however we are opening up an hour later in the morning but more times than not i'll be here in the morning so we'll come on in just if, if the door's unlocked come on in so kind of excited about that though i'm uh curious to see how this all comes together love it cool all right anything else you guys that's good awesome we will be back next week with another one of these Dow podcasts and uh, have a great week. And until then, bye for now.